I don't know if they have sweets next door, but there you are. Okay, I'll let you get on with that. Just pass it down and pass it around. Right. I wonder how you think you're expected to respond when your young vicar asks you to preach on growing old gracefully. <laughs> Should I feel flattered or insulted? Um, and when he asks, when he chooses his moment and asks within weeks of your 65th birthday, it seemed to me to underline that I was now entering a different stage of life. And I wonder what you feel about that title, Growing Old Gracefully. I mean, actually, I, um, that wasn't a picture of me that Sophie put up earlier with the hands. Um, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> you see, I've got a thing about it. But I wonder how you react to that idea of growing old gracefully. Um, I think there's a bit of me that feels that that is a limiting phrase. Um, perhaps it's something that our youth-obsessed society would like us all to do. Grow old gracefully, without causing too much fuss, put in a box, on a shelf labelled old. Yeah, does that sound like it? And I noticed that Becca said something about growing old outrageously. There are many ways of growing old, and not all of them might seem graceful in one sense. In fact, they might seem disgraceful or outrageous. Can we have the next one? Yes. When I get old, they're never going to say, what a sweet old lady. They're going to say, what on earth is she up to? And I don't know if you know that poem, when I grow old, I'm going to wear purple and a red hat that doesn't match. Yep. We used to have a lovely lady in this church who used to sit just there called Bet, and this picture reminded me of her. Um, this morning, what I want to look at is how we grow old, filled with God's grace, grace fully, and especially how we will grow old fruitfully. And I am really conscious that I am a beginner in this, and I'm really conscious as well that I've got a very mixed audience. I didn't quite know how mixed it is, but looking at the age range, we've got some people for whom um, this might seem a long way away. But you may have relatives who you are supporting in this process. And um, there may be some people for whom this is far too close to home. Um, and I really felt that, I must say, at the nine o'clock service this morning. I felt that I needed to be down there and they needed to be up here. Right. I want a mic. Does it work? Yes. <laughs> okay. So we're going to start off by looking at some blessings and some challenges. Actually, I'll get you looking at them first, and then I'll come round and gather some of your great thoughts. So this side of the church, would you like to talk to your neighbour and think about 
Can you just take that off? Otherwise, they'll have the answers. Thank you. <laughs> um, would you like to think about the blessings of being old? All right. Concentrate on the blessings. And this side, aren't there lots of you on this side? Would you like to think about the challenges of being old? All right. Give you a couple of minutes just to think about that. Blessings and challenges. Yeah. Okay, that's that's D Day. Half past. I will watch. Yeah. Yeah. Are they okay? Up and running? Right, I'm going to come and gather some of your great thoughts. So, shall we start? Actually, there's a lot of you on the challenge side. So, shall we have three challenges? Three challenges of old age. Who's going to be brave enough to share one? Tricia. To adapt and accept the situation. To adapt and accept the situation. We don't want to be old, do we, often? And it's difficult to accept that. You're going to go for our next one? Staying healthy. Staying healthy. A lot of time is, spelt, is spent on trying to deal with health, isn't it? Yep. And one right in the back row. Well, we've got one or two going on here, but we'll say, fight the good fight with all our might. Run the straight race through God's good grace. So what are you saying for, about that? It's, it's hard. It's hard. It's a challenge, and we hate it. <laughs> So we, ha some of it, you know, we, we find it difficult. We find it a challenge. It's not where we want to be. Okay, I'm going to come to the blessing side. And there's fewer of you, so you've got to be more vocal. <laughs> Blessings. Sorry, let's just No, no, you've got, you've got one of my sweets, haven't you? Um, the joy of having grandchildren, but ultimately not having the total responsibility. Yes. <laughs> you can hand them back. Hey, was there somebody here? Pam? You have more time. You have more time. 
And Kirsty, who's not that old, really, but go on. Well, uh, learning to be comfortable in your own skin, so not so being outwardly focused as opposed to inwardly and okay. wanting praise and appreciation and acceptance. Do you think that we get better at that as we get older? Yeah, I think so. Being more comfortable in our own skin and being more outward focused. Okay. Any more got a real... Let's have that list now and see if what we've got on this list. Okay, these were just some that I thought of. So, um, you have more time when you're old. You have more freedom when you're old. And I am conscious as I'm saying this that there's different types of old. All right? That, 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 um, that somebody in their 60s like me... Um, perhaps would feel we've got, I've got more time and more freedom. That's certainly true. But somebody in their 80s may not be feeling that, actually. They may feel they've got more time, but not more freedom. Family and grandchildren. A lot of people have a great joy in uh, perhaps being able to have relationships with their grandchildren and more time to build those relationships than they had perhaps with their own children um, when they were that age. Holidays and doing new things, hobbies, friendships, more time to develop friendships, and church. I mean, the reason that we have a lot of older people in churches is not just that everybody grew up going to church when we were young, although that was more true, but it's also that as you get towards the end of your life, often you want to come back to church. And that is a perfectly valid reason. And then on the challenges, some of them we thought health challenges. That was the first one that I thought of. A lot of my old, older friends spend a lot of their time traipsing around from appointment to appointment. Their health, health lives are complicated. Loss, the loss of partners, the loss of friends the loss of all sorts of things like independence and mobility and things that were important to you. Loneliness, being dependent on other people, which when you've spent all your life trying to be fiercely independent is very difficult. For a lot of people, there's less money. And for a lot of people, they feel useless. They feel as if life has passed them by. Um, they feel they don't understand digital things and the modern world. And um, I think um, society makes old people feel useless. And I think sometimes church makes old people feel useless as well. There's a lot of change in this, in this part of life and perhaps growing frailty as well. So all of those make it difficult I don't want to sugarcoat old age and say it's wonderful because sometimes it isn't. I was talking to somebody after the first service who said old age sucks. And it does. It does suck for a lot of the time. But this is an opportunity to examine our perspective. We live in a very youth-centered culture um, because Western culture, I think, has always exalted youth over age. Other cultures in other parts of the world don't do that. Um, let's just uh, look at this one. <laughs> I liked that. 
because I can imagine myself doing it as well. If you Google for pictures of older people, you get a bizarre mixture. You get either older people are carefree couples cruising around the world, spending their children's inheritance, or they are wizened old men and women sitting lonely on a bench in fading light. And there's not much in between, really, in the media. So we need a godly perspective. So let's just pray, and then Hugh is going to come and read to us. Father, we do pray that you would open our eyes and perhaps help us to see things differently. We pray that you would give each one here, whatever their age, something that you want them to know today, that they can take home and that will change their lives. Amen. Hugh's going to come and read from Psalm 92. um, On the screen it will appear slightly differently, I think, um, not as a poem. So if you want to read it, it's on uh, in the Bibles, page 600, I think. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. Proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound are your thoughts. Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand. But though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish and all evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, beautiful. Thank you, Hugh. Isn't that a lovely psalm? It bears rereading. In fact, it's a song on the, on the top. It says, a song for the Sabbath day. It is a psalm that is full of thankfulness. And the Bible's view of old age contrasts with that of our society In the Bible, to live to old age is seen as a blessing from God. And the family and the society, and I think um, by extension the church, that have elderly members and children are the ones that are especially blessed by God, it says. Because only places of godly peace and stability 
are going to be safe places that will nurture the very young and the very old. And both in the Old and the New Testament, older people are to be cherished and they're to be honoured and they're to be respected and they're to be listened to. Does that feel like a little bit of a contrast to society's view? I don't know if you have a picture in your mind of life. Many people see life as a journey, perhaps on a windy path. Some people might see life as a journey that's going downhill all the way. Um, Richard Rohr, in his book, Falling Upwards, um, if you haven't read this book, it's quite a hard read. I would say, if you're of abstract thinking and uh, contemplative thinking, you might find it a bit easier than I did. But what he talks about is the two halves of life. And the first half, he said, is all about building a container, a structure to your life. And the second half is about filling that container And what he is saying in this book is that you should be filling that container with character and with things that will last, not just stuff. Often we fill up our lives with stuff. He says that you often start the second half of life when something happens to cause you to fall or fail. And then that jerks you into reassessing where your life is going. And some see that as a point when you turn around and start the journey home, like the prodigal son. And I wonder, as you look back into your life, has there been a turning point like that for you? But let's be clear, the first half of life is not all wonderful. I am sure, like me, you have younger family members, if you're my sort of age, or you may still be in this yourself, that are really struggling, that are working too hard, that have little leisure time, that have money worries, that have all the demands of a young family. And neither is the second half of life always as um, glorious as on this one here, as we've already explored. So both parts of life have blessings and challenges. Now, this psalm, Psalm 92, has, uses the picture of a tree. And actually, this is a picture that I keep coming back to again and again. Um, it says that the man or woman of God is like a fruit tree planted in God's garden. Nourished by God, they will still be fresh and green in old age and still producing fruit. They will proclaim and bear witness to the glory of God. So you might see the two halves of lives as two seasons, perhaps. Youth to middle year, a blossoming time, a time of preparation. Showy, but full of promise. And middle years to old age, the time of fruitfulness and harvest. And really that is what it's all about, isn't it? That Harvest is what the tree is for. 
Um, Jesus said this, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. We are chosen to bear fruit. And we can carry on doing that into old age. In fact, much of our lives will come to fruition in the second half of our lives. And the fruit we bear is fruit that will last. And I just think that needs a little bit of unpacking. What does Jesus mean by fruit? Well, this verse is part of a larger passage where um, Jesus is talking about himself as the vine. He is like the vine, he says, and we are like branches joined to the vine, nourished by the roots, producing fruit just as long as we remain in him, he says. If you don't remain in me, Jesus says, and if you don't continue to draw nourishment from me, you can wither and die and become barren and unproductive. So what is the fruit that we should be producing? Well, two types of fruit, I think, mentioned in the Bible. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There should be a visible change in our character and the way we live because we are joined to Jesus. But Jesus also talks about what will last eternally. And he doesn't just talk about character, but he talks about those practical things we do in God's power, in God's love, and for God's kingdom. Feeding the hungry and thirsty, welcoming and clothing the needy and the stranger, visiting the sick and those in prison. These will last. These have eternal worth, he says. And Paul says, your work will be tested by fire, built with gold, silver and jewels, not wood, hay and straw. And he also says, in the end, there is only faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now, many of you know that um, my mum died on the Sunday after Christmas. She was 88 and she had Alzheimer's and she had lived in a residential care home for her last three years. Two of my nephews who are in their 30s helped their dad to clear their nan's room in the home and it didn't take long. Her grandsons were rather appalled at how little there seemed to be left to show for a life. A few skips of things shoved in a boot of a car. But that is not the whole story, is it? When we came to remembering and celebrating mum's life, there was so much more. The staff in the care home who said that they had deliberately stopped by her room because they loved to chat with her because she was so interested in them and always so encouraging. Our family, who felt so nurtured and blessed by her, 
and the many, many people who commented on her courage and gratitude and the faith and the joy and the outrageous singing of hymns <laughs> with which she faced her last illness. I think that is the fruit that will last for mum. Okay, finally, and I see Sophie's looking at the clock. Can I do finally? Yeah, finally, I want to look quickly at some examples from the Bible of fruitfulness in old age. And um, perhaps you might like to look more into these at home because I'm just going to touch on them. The Bible is full of fruitful old people as well as fruitful young people. So uh, I'm just going to mention three of them. This is a rather spooky picture, I'm not quite sure why, of Abraham and Sarah. A couple who were given new adventures in their old age. Leaving home, moving, and a baby. Now you may not want a baby in your old age. (laughs) I'm not sure Sarah did actually. But sometimes in old age, God does give us a new thing to do. It may involve uprooting and moving in some way. Many people at this stage of lower life find that they have to move to be near relatives or to downsize or even to move into a care home. How do we see that? Do we see that just as a loss or do we see that as a new calling? a new adventure from God. My second example is Naomi and Ruth. Naomi was old and widowed and going home after many years away, and her daughter-in-law, Ruth, chooses to go with her. And a new depth of relationship develops for them both. Ruth as carer, Naomi as mentor and advisor. God blesses them both through that new relationship. So are there people who have, that God has brought into your life recently, perhaps if you're older, especially younger people, that he might want you to nurture and grow in the faith? Younger relatives, someone in your life group, how could you develop the spiritual side of your relationships? And my third example is Simeon and Anna in the New Testament. Even if you're at the last stage of your life and even if you can't get out of the house, you can pray. Simeon and Anna were two elderly people who devoted themselves to prayer. And God rewarded that by giving them this prophetic insight into what he was doing. And they had the joy of seeing and holding the baby Jesus. Now, there's a a wonderful promise in Acts which says, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. God often gives new spiritual gifts in old age, especially as the body becomes frailer. And I say this to those who are my age and older. Dear elder friends, we should be the power plants and the dream makers for this church. And if we're not, 
I'm wondering what's happening. I don't know if Tom is overwhelmed each week with words of encouragement and prophecy, but he should be. And I don't know if Daniel has lots of people who have covenanted to sacrificially pray for St. Barbara's, but he should be, because we have a glut of older people in this church, largely because there was a revival in the 70s and 80s. And now I think God is calling us to pray. So I have a final bit here. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? And that is often a quote that is said to young people. But I think you still, whatever your age and me, have a wild and precious life that God wants to use. When I retired from work, God um, said rather unexpectedly to me, I have yet more for you to do. And I wonder what your yet more is. I'm still working out what my yet more is. And will you stay open to God, stay connected, so that you can be fresh and green, as it says in that psalm? Let's pray together.